good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning, sunshine. Oh, sunshine, good morning. I'm not first. Shame on sister. Good morning, brother. God bless you, man. God bless you. All right, so good morning. Hope you guys had a blessed day. Um, a blessed, you know, yesterday and today. Started a little bit early. I mean, actually a little late. Uh, I don't know what you guys have. You guys been watching the news? I watched the news actually this morning about these fires. Man, these fires are insane. It is no joke. But it's weird because I'm watching it and I'm watching these guys, these firemen, and I feel like they're not doing anything. They're just standing around and just chilling. Like they're not really putting fires out. And then we get the chief, the chief fireman talking about, oh, okay, you know, um, fighting fires uh, nowadays is a lot easier because we have technology. We have a lot of planes. We have um, a lot of men. But it's like, you know, we have all this, but you're not doing anything. So it makes me think. Um, is the fires intentional? Are they letting it just burn what they want it to burn? That's what I think. But hey, you might, you might call me a conspiracy theorist, but uh, if we have technology where we can send people to the moon, we have technology where we can send people to Mars, you tell me we can't put a fire out? <laughs> it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. You know, it's like, you guys all put out a fire, dude. We could send people to the moon and stuff. Like it is, it's just a trip. But I watch them. I'm like, damn, this fire is insane, and it's it's going all over the place. Like they can't. What did I read? It says they're five percent, five percent contained. After how long? How many weeks has it been? And they're only five percent contained. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. And it's all around the time where they're trying to um, impeach the president. And they're pushing it and pushing it. I guess then I guess this weekend is where they're gonna finally address everything. But it's all part of the plan. And the thing is, is I'm not getting caught up in the world, but I'm I'm seeing it. And our job as Christians is to pray that God will be glorified in these trials, in these crazy times, you know. But it's insane. Um, I just want to touch on that, anyways. I thought it was interesting. People keep. Texting me. All right, so I'm going to jump into Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. Start off with the book of wisdom. You know how we do around here. Okay, Proverbs 29. And it says, He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. All right? When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. So that means when a righteous man, a righteous man is someone that fears God and shuns evil, right? One that has a relationship with God. Well, when that person, like for instance, if it was Trump, if Trump was our president, he was a righteous man, he walked with the Lord, and he did everything to bring glory to God, 
our the people, us, would rejoice in it. Uh, yeah, there would be people fighting against it. At the same time, we'd be rejoicing in his authority, especially the Christians. You know? But people that are wicked, doing wickedy things, wickedy things, I don't even know if that's a word, but wicked things, they groan with anger, you know? Um, whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice. So what's wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is applying God's word in your actions and works, right? Wisdom. So whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice. So doing good things makes your, your father in heaven happy, makes him rejoice, celebrate. But it, and it goes on. It says, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. The king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. Right? The king establishes the land by justice. So what's justice? Authority. No, absolutely not. Authority and um, what's the word? Authority and right and wrong. Right? So 29 verse 5 says, A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm not, bro. Or miss. Um, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. But transgressions, are, transgressions of an evil man is snared by the righteous sings and rejoices. The transgression, an evil man is snared. But the righteous, the righteous sings and rejoices, right? Because the righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. Scoffer set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rags or laughs, there is no plague, there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. Right? So a person that's upright is someone that has a relationship with God. We care about people's well-being. We care about how what's going on in their life. Are they financially stable so we can help them? Why? Because as Christians, we <clears throat> We've already won. We have everything we could possibly have. What is that? Salvation in Jesus Christ. Knowing that if we die, we're in the presence of God for eternity. Okay? We've already, we have the most riches you can ever have in the world. The world can never offer what, as Christians, we have been given by Christ alone. Right? So it's eternity in heaven and complete and utter peace, perfectly and blameless and made. So when we come across people that are, um, more just scoffers saying wise men in a way. People that are hurting or are struggling, we want to minister to them. We want to encourage them because you know we're blessed tremendously, right? So Proverbs twenty nine, verse eleven: A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. 14. The king who judges the poor with truth 
His throne will be established forever. So what is truth? Truth is Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son of Jesus Christ. Not just that, but real truth is truth is don't say a lie. So uh, this context right here says the king who judges the poor with truth, with, with judges according to what is, is right, the throne will be established forever. That means he will stay in authority forever because he's not lying. He's speaking truth in all things, right? Okay, uh, 15. The rod of the the rod and the rebuke gives wisdom, but a child lift, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother, right? Very self-explanatory. 16 of Proverbs 29 says, When the wicked are multiplied, transgressions increase, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give you delight in your a delight to your soul. 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraints. But happy is he who keeps the law. What's the law? The Ten Commandments. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That fulfills the Ten, Ten Commandments. Why? Because we, we fail at Ten Commandments every day. But doing those two, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, we fulfill, and you'll be happy, right? 19. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for, through, for though he understands, he will not respond. So it would be like slow to speak, quick to listen. That's what I try to live by every day. Slow to speak, man, quick to listen. There's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. To listen more than we speak. Why? Because we always have an opinion about something. You know? Uh, he who pampers his servants from child, childhood will have him as a son in the end. 22. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgressions. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will restrain honor, retain honor. <clears throat> right? So pride, man. Pride is the root of... That's men right there. Women struggle with it too, but men... More, more than anything, pride about something. Even pride about like, um, even when you read God's word and it reaches people, there's a pride that builds up in us. It's such a natural thing. It's not intentional. Maybe some men it is intentional. And what happens is God puts a thorn on your side and makes you bring you back down to humble you. This is why, like I think someone asked you, why do you do this? It's like, well, this the Bible, the word of God is so powerful that it, it, it cuts through the heart. It cuts through all the crap in your life to where I'm reading it, and you either feel convicted, guilty, or you want to flee from it. As Christians, people that are living in a life of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, this is life. You read this Bible because you need it. It's your food. It's how you it's how you get through the day. And only the day. Why? Because the Bible says you're not promised tomorrow. So this the word it gives us life and rejuvenates us through the Holy Spirit teaching us. Now, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, when you open the Bible, it makes no sense to you. You're like, ah, it's just a bunch of blabber, you know? It makes no sense because you don't have the Holy Spirit. We say, how do I get the Holy Spirit? Well, you go down to Walmart, you go in the kids section, you buy it there. No, this is how you get the Holy Spirit. The Bible says to repent. It means turn from the life you're living, live a life to glorify God. In faith, 
right? Faith is believing that God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect and blameless life on earth, sinless, stepped in, took the punishment that we deserve because we're sinners by nature from birth, took the punishment on the cross, died for us, rose again on the third day, and he said, whoever trusted me shall be saved. Living a life of sensitivity to sin, growing closer and closer to Jesus Christ. So no, you cannot buy salvation at Walmart. That was a little joke. No one laughed. All right. Anyways, uh, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for men comes from the Lord. But justice for men comes from the Lord. So when someone does you wrong, or even the, the government does you wrong, it's very simple. If you're trusting in God and you, you're being in prayer, justice for men comes from the Lord. God will give you justice if you're right. If you're in the right, God will give you justice, period. Right? Don't try to get favor from men. Try to get favor from God. Doing God's will. 27. An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous. And he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. So someone that, that does stuff unfairly is an abomination to the righteous. Also, that does not unfairly is an abomination to the wicked. So someone that does you wrong ain't right, man. You know? All right. So that's the Proverbs 29 for today. I'm going to get into um, what did we talked about yesterday. I think it was love. Love. And I kind of went through it. I can do a random one. What about... Um, you guys will love this one. So what I do here, if you're new, I um, I read God's word. I believe that God's word does the work. It's an infallible word of truth. And I don't really, I kind of expository. I kind of just leave it where it's at, the word of God. I read it out loud and I let it do the work. I touch on it in certain spots, but nothing too crazy. Um. But that's about it. You know, I just read God's word because I believe it's by grace alone, faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone that we're saved. All for the glory of God alone and scripture alone. Okay. Um, it's to get an uh, like, uh, idea of where we, I stand in this podcast. You can kind of look at my my profile. It tells you. But let's talk about something that we don't really talk about. Uh, the topic is television. I thought it would be interesting. Television, which I never watch. Television. I'll give you a little overview of what that means, television, you know. It says, many people have stunned spiritual development because pleasures pleasures is their thing. Their minds are distracted and drawn away by the pleasures of this world. Movies, television, contribute gent uh, greatly to this. So many people spend their evenings in front of the television set seeking pleasure, seeking to be entertained, yet Paul... The apostle, speaking about the descendant society, the horrible thing that, that were going on as far as violence and immorality, said, not only do they do such things, but they take pleasure in those that they do them. Romans 132. It's not only are we doing it, but we're taking pleasure in doing things that is not bringing glory to God. Right? So I know this is going to be a touchy situation for a lot of you because a lot of people watch television. 
like I said earlier this morning, I actually watched the news this morning to see about these fires. The fires and the Santa Ana winds. So I never watch TV because I feel like it is a waste of time. I don't go on social media. Only I guess this is considered social media, the podcast. But I go on here just to get God's word forth. This is like my ministry. I really like it. I enjoy it. I believe it does the work. But television, man, a lot of us struggle with it. Now, you may be true and faithful to your marriage. You may be of character and sort that you would never cheat on your wife. But if you are watching adultery adultery on TV and being entertained by it, you are vigorously entertaining it into it itself. Right? Okay, when pleasure... Um, when pleasure supersedes your relationship with Jesus, it can sap spiritual life from you. And it can keep you in an arrested spiritual state. Those who spend maybe 8 to 10 hours a week in front of the television will tell you, Oh, I just didn't have time to read my Bible. And so many people allow these other things to become first and supersede their relationship with Jesus, which is so true. And that's idolatry. Okay, When you put something before God first, it's idolatry. It's against the Ten Commandments. It's a sin. And you will be held accountable. Right? And we're all guilty of it. I'm not pointing fingers. We're all guilty. Absolutely. And that's the key, dude. Filling your stuff with negative things is not good, you know? So, uh, where are we at? It says, so many people allow the other things to become first and supersede their relationship with Jesus. And thus, though they have received Jesus and claim to be Christians, their lives never bring forth fruit. They never develop. They never develop. They never grow. The fruitfulness is choked out by those, by these other things, right? So you're never producing fruit. You're never growing in the Lord. Why? Because you're distracting the things of the world. And habits that you think is okay, right? But it's not. So it goes on. It says, I would like to suggest this. I would like to suggest that this week. During the time when you normally sit down and pollute your mind with television, instead of clicking on the remote, turn your face towards God, right? Dedicate yourself to prayer and reading the Bible. Turn off your television and turn your face to God. Turn off your television. Turn your face to God. Especially if you're married. Do it with your husband. Do it with your wife. Read together. Pray together. It's so powerful, man. So powerful. All right, so jump into some, some scriptures. Luke 8, 14 on television. God's perspective in it. Luke 8, 14. Of course, we're running out of time. It's all right. All right, Luke eight fourteen says, get there. Eight fourteen says God's perspective in television. Right? It's weird. It says, now the ones that fall among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. So the ones that fall over and get stumbled into the things of this world, pleasures, 
um, riches and cares of other things other than God, it says clearly they bring forth no fruit of maturity. Why? Because you're so caught up in the world instead of being caught up in God's word and growing in relationship to him. When we, when we, when we realize that we're on earth to bring glory to God, we're on earth to, to love God and love neighbor in everything we do. Especially, it's only, only if you have the Holy Spirit in you. Because apart from the Holy Spirit, you're going to do everything self-righteously for yourself. To gain pleasure for yourself, like, look at me, look what I did. But as a Christian, you humble yourself. And you realize that you deserve nothing. Because the Bible says that we deserve hell. So when you, when God gives you salvation in him, you realize that you don't deserve it. And you want to do everything you can to tell people about Jesus Christ and what he did for you and what he can do for other people. So when we realize that we're here on earth, not for our self-gain, not for our, to retire and not to, to have all this money and be comfortable, we're on earth to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and tell people why. Because no one is promised tomorrow. Everyone's dying daily. And if we're being lazy Christians, not, not dedicating our, our life into his word and telling people about him, we're not doing our jobs that we're called to do from the foundations of the earth, right? So now the ones that fall among thorns are those who, when they are when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Why? Because they're stuck in the things of this world, right? Romans one twenty eight, which is a famous one. Romans one twenty eight. Through 32, 128 through 32 says, and even as they did not like to retain God and their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual morality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mind. Uh, evil-mindedness, they are all whisperers. Yeah, well, the Bible says that. Nobody's promised tomorrow. It says we are but a, I think it's we are but a vapor in, in the dust. We're a but a, a vapor in the sky or vapor in the air. Uh, I think it's Ecclesiastes. talks about us just being a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow, you know. But we live in a society where it's like, no, you can plan a month ahead of time. You want to retire? You want to have a vacation? Ah, you do it next year. That's the world. And who, who rules the world? The devil. This is his domain. This is his authority at the moment. It doesn't mean that he has authority over God at all. You know, but he's the Bible says that the devil is roaming the earth as a roaring lion out for who he may devour. Okay, distracting people, keeping people comfortable. We're not promised tomorrow. So that's what it comes back to is like, if you were to die right now, do you know for a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven? If not, you need to make it right. You ask God to come into your life, profess Jesus Christ as Lord, repent and believe that he died for you. Um, so where am I at? 30, backs, backbiters, okay, wait, wait. wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy and murder, strife, deceit, 
evil-mindedness. They are all whisperers, backfires, haters of God, violent, proud, boast, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, and unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So these are the, it's 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 labeling people that do malicious and evil things, and how the wrath of God is is upon them, full of envy, murder, strife, evil mindedness, making evil plots, disobedient to parents, undiscerning. Right, these are all things. The things that people do, and then not just that, but people that approve of it and allow it are just as guilty. And then the Bible says the wrath of God is upon them. Romans 1, 28-32. That's, that's the passage we read. See, we tend to forget that, you know, there's this, there's this Western, what is it, Western Eastern Evangelical movement that happened years ago where Jesus loves you. He loves you, and he wants to embrace you and your sin, and it's like, no. Jesus loves, loves the sinner, hates the sin, hates the sin. If you want to know how much God, Jesus or God, both of them, hates sin, look what God did to his son. Put his son on a cross to be crucified. Okay, crucifixion is no joke. I actually want to do a message just on crucifixion. Give you the, the exact details of what goes on and who was chose to be crucified back in the day. Because you know what? People that stole something, people that, uh, uh, I think it was even murderers, maybe not. People that stole and did a couple other things, they wouldn't be crucified. It would be, it'd be inhumane for them that that happened to them. But someone that, that claimed to be the Messiah um, was loving people and um, healing people was crucified. You know, that's what's crazy. I and mean, you talk about crucifixion, it's no joke. I want to do a whole thing on him. I'm going to look more into it. But we take it for granted what Jesus went through for our sins that we commit easily. You know, and we acknowledge our sin. Why? Because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. <clears throat> we need to confess him, you know. Um, let's see. Romans 6, 21. Romans 6, 21, on God's perspective of, you know, Television, watching watching things that aren't bringing glory to God, being distracted, right? Romans 6.21 says, What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Right? Read that again. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? Like, so the things of the world, watching television, watching all these games and these shows. What gain did you have in that? Did you did you gain anything out of it other than laughter and talking about it to someone else? Is there any gain? Does it any of it bring positivity to anyone's life around you? Not just that, but does any of it bring glory to God? As Christians, now you should be ashamed of it, right? It says right here, what fruit, so what what works, good works came from it. And in that, 
things, what which are now ashamed. Are you ashamed of it? Are you ashamed of wasting all that time and not wasting that time, uh, putting that time into knowing and growing more closer to God? Like for me, for instance, for me, is like social media, Facebook and Instagram. Instagram mostly. Always on there. Always putting, like I always put scriptures up and family stuff and wanting people to, to like it or whatever, comment on it. But it, it, it drew me away. Even though I was doing scriptures and encouragement stuff, it still drew me away from being um, in communion with the Lord, praying and reading my Bible and reading, just reading. I have a lot of books that I want to read and I've been distracted by that and other things, you know. But it's a distraction. What gain did I have in that? Nothing. To be accepted by people's opinions? I can care less. But we're all guilty of it. We want to hear what people have to say about us. You know? And we shouldn't care what people say about us. We should care about what God says about who we are. Right? All right. Um, God's promise. God's promise in being faithful and making it a priority. 8.13. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You hear that? Read it again. Romans 8.13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. So denying your fleshful desires... And living a life to grow closer in communion with God and the Holy Spirit, then you live for eternity. So it comes down to this: we're all going to live for eternity. We're going to live for eternity in hell or in heaven. It's very self-explanatory. And ten out of ten people die. Okay, it's not like someone's going to live. No, everybody dies. But the question comes back to: when you die, where are you going? You know. But we're all going to live forever. That's why when someone dies in your family, it's so hard to comprehend, so hard to understand because you were created to live forever. Because your soul, your body dies. Your soul lives for eternity because it's, it's made in the image of God. It's created by God. So that's why it's so hard when people die in our life because it's not normal to us. Because we no longer see them. But we're like, what? We're made to live forever, but our body dies. Um. Yeah. So putting 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 um putting the flesh to death, so we can live according to the spirit and we have eternal life, right? Well, I believe the infallible word of God is true. I mean, that's the the source of truth. You know. But yeah, uh, let me just get into this one. Galatians 6. Galatians 6 on God's promise and making him priority in our, our life. Galatians 6 um, 7 through 8. Galatians 6, 7 through 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whoever a man sows 
that he will also reap. So whatever you do, it's also going to come, come across to you, back on you. You reap what you sow. Right? I got a little note here. Okay, a little note here. Check it out. Oh, we'll check it out right now, brother. I'm sorry. You got a little note here. Check it out. It says, many people think that they can break the Ten Commandments right and left and get by with it. That reminds me of the whimical story of the man who jumped off the Empire State Building in New York City. As he went sailing by the fifth floor, a man looked out the window and said to him, well, how is it? The falling man replied, so far, so good. That is not where the law of gravity enforces itself. Fifty more floors down and the man will find out. So far, not so good. The interesting thing is that a law must be enforced to be a law to be a law and therefore God says is is what? Where am I? I lost my thing. Okay, 54 is down and on. So far, so good. The interesting thing is that the law that is that a law must be enforced. To be a law, and therefore God says in Ezekiel 18:14. I'm sorry, 18:4, the soul that sins, it shall die. The law must be enforced. And the breaker of the law must pay the penalty. This is by J. Vernon McGee quoted this. Which I know I have a couple people in here that are big J. Vernon McGee fan. That was said by J. Vernon McGee. So Ezekiel 8.4, man. So we need the law because the law shows us our sin in our life. But guess what? There's a redeemer, Jesus Christ. He, he cleanses us of all unrighteousness when it comes to the Ten Commandments. You know? time is it 46 Jay Vernon McGee I know you're a fan all right um how do you make a change in, in this habit of things we like to do that doesn't bring glory to God how do you make a change in it let's go to Romans 13 Romans 13 14 okay how to make a change in the hab habitual things we do that doesn't bring glory to God Romans 13 14 says um it says, where am I? 13, 14. It says, uh, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to, to fulfill its lust. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to, to fulfill its lust. Right? So how do you put on Jesus Christ? Well, you pray to him. You learn more about him in his word. Um, you 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 try to become more like him. You be around people that are trying to become like him. See, the church isn't the church isn't a building, okay? The church is the people. So the reason why you go to church on Sunday is not to be like, oh, well, I went to church and I'm in the building. It's holy and no, no. The church is a hospital, okay? It's for wretched sinners that have been saved by the grace and faith of Jesus Christ. So you're going there to fellowship, to talk to people, not just to go and leave. You're like, why? How come I never? How come I'm struggling so much if I just go and leave? Well, you're supposed to go there 
and share your testimony with people. Share what's going on in your life so they can minister to you. Why? Because you're not alone. People are going through the same crap. But you need to talk to people to see how they got through it. How did they get through it, man? And you talk and, and you minister to each other. And next thing you know, you're walking out of that place like filled. And the whole time you're filled, you're looking at Christ all the time. Like, thank you, Lord, for sharing that that person in my life that's going through a, a bad marriage right now. And this is how they got through it. Like, it gives you peace, man. And that's because the body of Christ, it's a body of believers that are all seeking one thing, to, to be in communion and fellowship with Jesus Christ. And we're all falling short daily. And we need the church to fellowship and talk to each other and pray with each other and lay of hands of each other, lift each other up correct each other, read the Bible to each other. Like these are all things the church is about. So important. So we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh and his desire. So not being idle too. When you're idle doing your own thing, it's very easy to fall into temptation of your flesh, doing what your flesh wants to do. But if you're accountable in a church where you're, you're serving, you're serving other people and being, bringing glory to God by telling Jesus about what he's done in your life, how you can do it to other people and loving people. You can have all these things. You don't have love. You have nothing, right? First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Read it. This is, yeah, I don't have love. You have nothing. Romans 16, 19. What time we got? 49. All right, guys. I'm going to just jump into. Let me see. Make a change. I'm going to do one more make a change. Romans 16, 19. Sorry. Yeah, 16, 19, section B. 1619, section B. It says, But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. That's how you make a change. Be wise in what is good and be simple. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Right? So what is good is, is doing things and serving God. What is evil is, is the things that are apart from, from God that aren't simple, right? It's kind of self-explanatory. Um, let me jump into a biblical example for this in Psalms 50. Psalms 50. Psalms 50, verse 18, on biblical examples, verse 18 says, When you saw a thief, you consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. What does that mean? 18. When you saw a thief, you consented with him. And have been a partaker with adulterers. So when someone's doing something and it's against God's law and you don't say nothing, you don't you don't confront that person, you're just as guilty as if you did it yourself. So if you have a loved one and they're living in sin and you know it, it doesn't mean to go over there and start gossiping. It means go and confront that person one on one and say, check it out. What you're doing is against God's word and it's wrong and you're gonna be held accountable. And you pray with that person. You encourage that person to, to come forth with their sin. Okay? Because if you don't and you know about it, you're condoning the sin. It's like you're literally doing it yourself. 
right? So we, we, we shouldn't be doing that. And it doesn't mean go around gossiping. Absolutely not. Gossips of the devil, man, and speaking lies and deceit. Our job is to pray and encourage and love. So that's super important. If we know that someone's in sin, someone's doing something wrong, we need to confront them in love and meekness and kindness. Put of the Spirit and tell them, hey, man, you're doing it wrong. It ain't right. All right, so prayer. Psalms 119. Prayer and all this. Psalms 119, 37. 1937 says, Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. Okay, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Right? So turn our eyes from looking at television, looking at social media, looking at everything that doesn't bring glory to God and everything that doesn't talk about the Lord. Like when I'm at work, I'm pumping like sermons, man. Sermons and it's such rich sound teaching and it's such good truth that I have to share with people and some people just don't absorb it like I do. I'm like, why man, what am I doing wrong? But see it, it comes the thing is is everyone's in a different walk of their relationship with God. And some things are revealed easier to others. But um but we need to pray and ask God to turn our eyes away from the desires of this world and turn our eyes to the desires of God. You'll be blessed man. And you'll do what you were born to do you know we're all created for certain gifts and those gifts when we do them we're gonna be really really good at them that's just that we're gonna like doing it and that's the gift of god and we need to keep our eyes on him and in his word so we can do do our gifts to bring glory to god stop getting distracted in the world and things of the world because we're dumb sheep the bible says we get led astray real easily get our eyes off the shepherd we get our eyes on the shepherd, Jesus Christ, and keep our focus on him in and out of church every day at work, wherever you go. Okay. Um, part of my ministry is at my work. A lot of people come to me asking for prayer, and it's encouraging. It's encouraging that it humbles me. I'm like, Lord, who am I? I'm nobody. I'm a wretched sinner saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And God puts people in my path. And I pray for him. I bring glory to God in it. And it's so cool to watch God work um, with a wretched sinner like myself. Okay? And God wants to use everybody, you know. And we need to humble ourselves and get out of the way of our feelings and emotions and thinking that we're in control. Humble ourselves. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, you got five minutes. Let me do a question and answer. Okay, what is your answer? Uh, question What is your only comfort in life and in death? What is your only comfort in life and in death? Answer that I. And not my own, but belong body and soul and life and in death in my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. 
and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. That's a good one. That's question. Uh, that's question number one. Say that. All right. That's good stuff right there. I only got a couple more minutes, guys. I don't know if I'm able to get into the Puritan prayer. Let me try it. I don't want to be late because they're kind of getting on me. Okay, here's this one. Longing after God by Puritan Prayer Valley Vision. Check it out. My dear Lord, I can but tell thee and thou knowest I long for nothing but thyself, nothing but holiness, nothing but union with thy will. Thou hast given me these desires, and thou alone canst given me the thing, the thing desired. My soul longs for communion with thee, for mortification and indwelling corruption, especially spiritual pride. How precious it is to have a tender sense of clear apprehension of the mysteries of godliness, of true holiness, but a, bl a, blessedness of, a blessedness to be like thee as much as it is possible for a creator to be like its creation. I'm sorry, a creature. I messed that up. As much as it is possible for a, a creature to be like its creator. Lord, give me more of thy likeness. Enlarge my soul to contain fullness of holiness. Engage me to live more for thee. Help me to be less pleased with my spiritual experiences. And when I feel at ease after sweet communions, teach me it. It's far too little I know and I do. Blessed, blessed Lord. Let, my, let me climb up near to thee and love and long and plead and wrestle with thee and, and paint for deliverance from the body of sin. For my heart is wandering and lifeless and my soul mourns to think it should ever lose sight of its beloved. Wrap my life in divine love and keep, and keep me ever desiring thee. Always humble and resign to thy will, more fixed on thyself that I may be more fixed for doing and suffering. That is the word of God. Thanks. That's not the word of God. I'm sorry. That's a Puritan prayer. Praise God. Hey, can you know? there. Um, yeah. You're in the, the podcast. We doing over here. It kicked me out, man. Oh, I was wondering why everyone left. All right, God bless you guys, man. I'm out of here.